It is 2019, and the Pastors of Pain are back in the studio. I'm Father Brian O'Brien, pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church, Stillwater, Oklahoma. Tell them who you are, Father. Well, on this last day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a podcast no one listens to. A priest with a girl's name. I'm Father Kerry Wakulich, uh, pastor of the currently vacant church, St. John the Evangelist. Temporarily. Corner of Miller and Knobloch. We're just letting it breathe. Did I say Knobloch? Knobloch. The corner of Miller and Knobloch. We've been uh, close since, I don't know, graduation day until now. That's the way it goes. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, welcome back to this uh, awesome uh, show. It's Epiphany As, Sunday. It's the Christmas season. Yeah, it's coming to it's an end. It's 2019. Quickly. The coffee in the studio is hot. And we are, uh, Father Kerry and I, uh, unbeknownst to each other, we decided we would give each other presents for Epiphany. You know, we both gave each other myrrh. <laughs> Myrrh. I couldn't believe it when I gave him myrrh, and he was like, "That's what I got you, myrrh." And I was like, "Wow, I, I, oh. I was gonna get him last year. I got him some gold. <laughs> the year before that, some frankincense. And this year, I just thought this is it's 2019, like, and myrrh is in. Like baby Jesus, I would prefer some new hay. Okay, this uh, yeah, this manger is get, this manger is getting rough on my back. Well, I hope you enjoy your myrrh. Well, thanks a lot. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, so it's uh, it's Epiphany Sunday uh, is when this is uh, broadcasting, January the 6th. And uh, Epiphany is awesome, and it kind of gets shortchanged. It gets shortchanged because uh, people stop celebrating Christmas on Christmas, which is actually when you should start celebrating Christmas. And so by the time Epiphany rolls around, people are like, Christmas. I mean, on January sixth, go up to someone. I dare you, someone not at church. Go to Walmart. Go to Main Street, Stillwater. Mm-hmm. Go to the town center in Perkins, and go walk up to someone and say, "Merry Christmas." And They'll chances are, look at you, unless like they are a liturgically adept Catholic, they're going to say, "Christmas was two weeks ago." Like, get over it. It's over. Mm. Not in the church's liturgical calendar, though. It is still Christmas. I I still treat so it Merry Christmas, Christmas, everyone. I welcome everybody's Christmas. When I see people, I say Merry Christmas. Even Easter, like I'm on Easter, you say Merry Christmas. <laughs> Jesus is risen. Merry Christmas. Yeah, well, I'll be uh, I'll be twelve. Here's days some in, myrrh. Twelve days into Easter, and I wish people happy Easter, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. oh yeah, Easter's a whole season, fifty days. Kidding me? Yeah. So anyway, it's still Christmas, and so you should act like it. it uh, hopefully, you're not like listening to this while you're maybe. I know a lot of people listen like doing chores around the house. Hopefully, that chore is not taking down your Christmas tree or your lights. You leave them up because <laughs> it's still Christmas. You're so demanding, people. I'm you're not. So... I, I'm not demanding. Hey, uh, is that a, is that church... a, is that a soapbox underneath your it's feet? The ch- <laughs> I was wondering why your knees were elevated above your... It's the church's liturgical calendar that is demanding. Hey, hey, I have a question for you. But anyway, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and a blessed epiphany. A blessed epiphany. Here's some myrrh. This is the day when baby Jesus gets his gifts. Okay, uh, question for you. Uh, Best and worst Christmas present ever 
in the history of Christmas oh presents. Oh my! Oh my! Come on. Well, it's been uh, lately uh, since I became a priest. Basically, I get two things for Christmas: uh, new socks. And <laughs> That's one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Basically, is like Amazon gift cards. Oh really? And black socks. Now this year, I told my mom I was home at Christmas. Uh, I was home at Thanksgiving, and my mom said. Uh, what do you want for Christmas? And I say the same thing every year. Mom, I don't need anything. I'm good. And then she said, well, I have to get you something. And then I say, myrrh. No. I say, <laughs> Mom, I don't I don't need anything. Well, I'm going to get you something. Anyway, and eventually it ends up being yeah. like an Amazon gift card. gift card, which is great. And I put I put that put that to good use for um, a lot of times for books and like audio. I listen to a lot of audio books in the car, and I like to get those on CD. Yeah. Um, so, but last, I think it was last Christmas, I got so many black socks. What? <laughs> really? So I have, I have like a, I have a rotation. I don't know. I think I have currently in the rotation, maybe like eight, maybe eight pairs of Rem- black, of black socks. Remember when we talked about minimalism and I gave away 30 pairs of I like do remember different that. types that of was socks? Awesome. I have my that St. Louis awesome. Cardinal socks on currently. And well, why don't you get rid of some of your black socks? No, I the my rota- I have eight pairs. Oh, eight pairs. Yeah, and you wear them every other. You change them every other day. And I change. Actually, I usually change my socks twice a day. What? Whenever I Who go home, does that? If I go home in the middle of the day, do you not know this about me? I have. Have we I, not talked about this? No. Oh my gosh. So here, I've kind of always had this thing. Uh, you and it goes back. Listen, high listen, maintenance. Listen to me. I knew no, you were high maintenance. Listen to me. Listen to me. So. It goes back to like my high school like basketball days. Yeah. You know, so you'd play like you'd you'd have practice or a game or something uh-huh. like that. You know, and so then you go and you clean up, shower, okay. clean Got up, it. and then you put on. You'd never put on like your sweaty socks. You know, you put uh-huh. on a new pair of socks, and so in my mind it was like this mental thing that like a new pair of socks is very. Um, it's kind of like rejuvenating. You know. Yeah. So, you know, I step. love a good nap. I love a good nap. Oh, me too. But sometimes in, in lieu of a nap, uh, if I can just get a fresh pair of socks on, it's going to change change the course of my day. So very frequently. I can't believe you don't know this. I am staring at you like very, you're a Martian right now. Very frequently, very frequently in the course of like of a day in Stillwater. So let's say I'm at the parish, yeah, going okay. to meetings, and then I'm going to run. I'm going to go to the hospital and visit people. You know, I'll go to the hospital, and then I'll like go home for a few minutes just to, to rest, get lunch, you know? Who are you? And what I do when I go home, <laughs> when I go home, I will frequently change socks. Wow. Do you carry – are there a pair of socks in that bag over there? There's not – no, I don't carry socks. I don't have socks in my office. Only when I go home. Only when you go home because you don't but want to – But like after – when we're done recording this, I'm going home to to, to have lunch and do a little, and do a little work uh-huh. at home and before the, another meeting later this afternoon. Yeah. And I'm going to change my socks when I go home. Wow. Yeah. You should try it. No. Why? Because I'm not weird. That's not weird. That is totally weird. It's not weird. I don't know. I've never won. Secret secrets. The goddess secret. Okay. I, I had no idea. I've, I've known you 15, now, well, it's 2019, probably 16 years. Yeah. And I never knew you did this. Oh. Well, usually people keep these things uh, It's weird, not like Weird that. idiosyncrasies it's not, it's hidden from It's not from weird. Everybody. It's not weird. 
There's other people out there. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, back to Christmas. So I have last year. I got. I probably got. 30 pairs of socks, 20, 20, 25. Last year? Yes. And so I just oh. have like this, this like eight, eight or nine in the, in the rotation. So in my closet, I have like, I seriously have socks probably for the next 10 years. And your mom keeps just piling them on. No. I, so I told her, don't, don't buy me anymore. Okay. So anyway, the best Christmas present I ever got was He-Man Castle Skull. <laughs> I was probably... Seven, he made. Eight. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. I do remember. He so made awesome, so awesome. Yeah. The drawbridge would come down, and then it would it would make like the noise of Skeletor, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all scary, you know. And it was like a little microphone yeah. on it, uh-huh. so you could you could talk into it, and it would, you know, and it would sound like a, like a scary voice, you know. Right. So like when He Man would come, and Skeletor would like try to scare him off. That was the best Christmas present I ever got. What about you? Well, I I live in what's called the sad zone of life. January second birthday. Happy uh, happy thirty third birthday to me. Forty third birthday. Your birthday and 40 Christmas th- would get like conflated. Oh yeah, all the time. Oh, because man. if your birthday is in say you know July or well let's go like random April, you get birthday presents in April. Well, when you're um, when all your life you your birthday bumps up next to Christmas. Then you get Christmas presents for your birthday. So I basically had to black out my whole period between December 24th and January 3rd all my life because I don't want to be sad that I got... Someone should do a study on this. All right, all you OSU professors that are listening to this, uh, (laughs) someone do a study on like the psychological effects of having a birthday near Christmas. Yeah. Like, does that lead to like higher rates of depression? Higher rates of not getting cool, or like, stuff. or like life, like life satisfaction, or is it better? Like, do kids who have there's Christmas in December, but then their birthdays in Jan- in July, like, do they suffer from like like a materialism that maybe someone like you, yeah, doesn't? <laughs> okay. I would like to see a study done on this subject. Yeah, yeah, because all, right, all you sociologists, imagine getting pants for like your eleventh birthday when you want an action figure. Or you want a Red Rider BB gun with a compass and a stock, <laughs> and you get boxers. Yeah. Happy birthday, son. Here's some pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I've gotten all sorts of stuff. That would stink when you're Clothing, like 11. I because, mean, because your birthday. We're in our 40s, we get socks. If I got pants for Christmas, I'd be like, yeah, pants. <laughs> Whoa, new black pants. But, no, but when I was 11. I got pants. Ugh. I can't tell you a Christmas present I've ever received. Like, okay. Oh my gosh. I, I have the worst memory on the planet. Oh. You know this. So it's not that you didn't get any. It's it's I could have gotten some really epic stuff. You need to have your mom on the show to recount your various Christmas presents. Yeah, it's probably my dad's the best. My my mother and myself both have terrible memories. Oh. Yeah. Maybe for Christmas I could get you like some memory, uh, <laughs> memory enhancing <laughs> vitamins, pills or something, yeah. or or I want a, a photo album of all the my yeah, Christmases past yeah. of different things that I'll I've received. The, I'll put that together. For, I mean, I've, for next year. Yeah, I remember getting a cowboy hat for Christmas. That was all right. Wow. That was uh, it's my fishing hat still. 
was one of my first Christmas presents in the city in the city of Stillwater. I lost my fishing cap that was uh, twelve oh, years no. old, the straw Stetson that I used to. I always wore. Fishing. I remember that hat. Yeah, and it blew off into a pond one oh, time, no. and it was covered it had blood on oh. it and dirt and mud. Why did it have blood on it? Uh, because I cut my finger real what bad kind of on a hook. Fisherman, are you? Oh, okay, uh, uh, a bleeding fisherman. Why do we give presents at Christmas? Or Epiphany, which or one? Or Epiphany. Well, it, an epif- an epiphany, it's Epiphany that the tradition is to give presents at that time because that's when the, the three wise men show up and they bring those gifts of... Uh, Can we talk about them for a minute? We three kings of Orient are Where, Why were there... All right, I have several questions. And okay. I don't know if, if you can answer these. I hope you, I hope you can. Okay. Uh, why are they called the wise men? Okay, so the some people call them the wise men, some people call them the kings. Okay, so the 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 I think the the first question in that is so when they they arrive and they come to see who? Qu- quiz. Who do they come to see first? Who's the first person they that these three to guys come? See, um what's his name? Uh-oh. You don't even know what the they gospel go is. They go to see I'm just oh. oh my gosh. What happened to your brain? Come on brain power. I'm having a moment. I'm they go to who? Herod? They go to Herod or Caesar? Or Napoleon, which one? Not Napoleon. <laughs> they uh, go to Herod. Yeah, right? Herod. They yeah. go to Herod, yeah. and they say, we've come to see the newborn king of the Jews. And then the line after that says, what? It says, all of Jerusalem and all the countryside was filled with terror. Dun, dun. Okay, so Herod, what he did, because he was an Edomite. I'm just going from memory bank right now, if I can remember all this. He's an Edomite. So what he did in order to come to power is he went down the list of the king of the uh, the line of David and had everybody killed of the line of David. Yep. So that he could then say, hey, I am the king of the Jews, even though he was not a Jew. He was an Edomite. So there's this prophecy Remember, there's that thing called the Babylonian exile. You ever I heard remember, of that? I remember that. Okay, so the Babylonian exile, which, you know, Bishop Barron always says uh, that you know, when he talks about the Babylonian exile, he says, remember, this is the worst thing in Jewish history. It's the whole country, the whole nation's exiled to Babylon. Well, where's Babylon today? Do you know where it is? The Hanging Gardens of Babylon? Iraq. Iraq. So Persia, Iraq, that whole region and while they were there, remember all those prophets were there as well, like Daniel the prophet. Okay. Yep. So all these prophets are, prophecies are written about um, the Emmanuel, O come, O come, Emmanuel, who ransoms, so yeah, who ransoms captive Israel, born and lonely, come to set these people free who live in lonely exile. Now there's this prophecy of the star which went out. And so these guys who are stargazers, like I love to look at the stars. Remember that time we were out someplace and you're like, are there really that many stars? Coil, we were in Coil. Oh, Coil, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. That many stars. So these guys were scientists and Zoroastrians or religious in some way. And so they knew the prophecy. So that's the wisdom. Yeah. The they knew the prophecy. They knew the star. And they knew this was the newborn king of the Jews. So they come to greet this king, and they come to where? Bethlehem. Uh, well, not first to Bethlehem. They come to Jerusalem first and say, where's the newborn king of the Jews? And then he consults the scholars and says, where is the newborn king of the Jews to be born? And they say, in Bethlehem, of course. And who went? Who went to Bethlehem? Did the, did the religious people go to Bethlehem? No. 
the three kings or wise men uh-huh. went to Bethlehem yep. to meet the newborn king of the Jews. Yeah. Nice. And they come with them. So if you're going to visit a king, okay, you are going to visit somebody very famous. Okay. Okay. And so what do you, what do you, what do you go? Do you just show up in your priest's sin fighting gear and then walk in and be like, hey, what's them, going on? I would give them the gift of God's mercy in the sacrament of confession. <laughs> Whoever they are. <laughs> No, but when you go, yeah, when you go to someone's house, when you go to uh, visit someone, yeah, you typically will bring, you bring, you bring something, you bring uh, an offering. And in this case, the, the wise men, the, the three kings, who, by the way, they, did you know that they have names? Here's something interesting. Oh. So a lot of oh. times we just, they call them the wise men, they call them the three kings. They have names. Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. Hansers von Baltazar now, is that old? Some of you out there uh, are listening to this, uh, and, we, and we we know you, Father Carrier. We know you, and you are um, you're having a baby, right? Some of you are with child. Ooh, and I just want to throw this out there that I think if you really want to give your baby an awesome name, Brian Carey, Carey Brian, you should consider Caspar, Melchior, or Baltazar. Wow. As a name for your child. I'm just saying they'd be different, you know, or if you have triplets, that would be awesome. Are Casper, there, and are there somewhere? Please tell me that there are some like boy triplets somewhere whose names are Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. That would be sweet. Oh my gosh. All right. I got to work on that. Okay. So the, these three guys, they show up at- They come and they bring presents. They show up at the, uh, in Bethlehem. Have you ever done the, uh, the Christmas blessing on people's houses? I've, I have. Yes. yes. Uh, uh, my favorite line from that blessing is the blessing of the chalk. It says, we bless this creature chalk. And they're like, creature. Like it's living and it has a purpose. Yeah. yeah it does have a purpose. Yeah. And then you write over the door, C- plus M, plus B, and then the year 20, mm-hmm. and then uh, this would be 2019. 2019, yep. Christus Mansion Benedictus. Christ bless his house. Also, Casper, what'd you call him? Melchior? Melchior, no. Uh, Malachor? Melchior. Ma- Malachor? Have I had that wrong? For I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Balthazar? Because when, when I was at Christ the King, they have, uh, Christ the King in Tulsa, they have the beautiful stained glass windows of the kings yeah, offering of their crowns to Christ the King. And then on one side is David, Melchizedek, and then the three wise men. And it has, on, it has their names on the, on the windows. Okay. Which is really cool. Okay, so then they bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay, so those three things. What is the deal? Which are not traditional presents. I right. mean, if you showed up at somebody's wine? house... With what about wine or or like a record, a record? <laughs> hey, I'm gonna bring this. I brought, I brought this eight track from 1985. Or you bring, um, yeah. What else? I don't know. Yeah, those are. Uh, let's just call them non-traditional gifts. They're non-traditional gifts, but if it's a king, right? But not for a king, yeah. If you're going to visit a king, the newborn king of the Jews, would you take gold? Uh, I would. Yeah. Why? Why would you take gold? Because it's really expensive. Yeah. And is a sign of uh, respect. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what it's you do. It's the finest of the it's the finest of the of the metals. Oh, I disagree. Well, I mean nickel titanium nitinol is the best. Yeah, they didn't have any of that in supply in Jerusalem. Yeah, they didn't have nickel titanium, but but these, these this is the the sign of 
a gift to someone who is royal. I mean, you, you wouldn't just hand out gold to anybody. You, you, you hand it out to those people who um, are of wealth, kings, yeah. royalties. You can turn it into yeah. crowns. You can do all, all sorts right. of things with and gold. And then incense. Why did they bring incense? You mean, you mean Frank's incense? Frankincense. What's the deal with the Frank part? The Frank part? Well. Why can't they just bring incense? Well, what do we do with incense? Do you, do you use incense at the same So place? incense, yeah. We use uh, when we worship, when we worship God. Um, so the, the incense, I always learned that incense kind of had two, two purposes. One was theological in that when you have incense and the smoke, it represents our prayers rising up to God. And like you literally can see the smoke rising. Yeah. And then it also had a, a, a practical use, and that was especially in the, in the temple in Jerusalem, where there was the the sacrificing of animals, correct? Yeah, right. You got a lot of dead animals and like dried blood everywhere. It's going to get nasty quick, and so the smell of incense knocks that masked the nasty smell of dead flesh. There's also that line that says, "Like burning incense, O Lord, let our prayers rise, rise up, up to, to you." You, you know where else it comes from in the scriptures? Frankincense. The other time it appears. Remind me. Oh, oh, you know this. I just read it out of your soul. By the way. Exodus chapter 30. I couldn't remember the verse, and then I read it out of your soul that it was verse thir- like 34 and 35. <laughs> so, thanks, so thanks for having that stored away in there for a which lifetime. Which say what? Which actually give a description of making incense oh, okay. and using frankincense. Yeah, yeah. So this is not only is it something, not only do we like frankincense for all these purposes, is that it's actually scripturally set aside for the use with God. Not just like to make your house smell good, yeah, or to put a stick out of Buddha's belly. We were always taught in uh, when I was I was a resident assistant and RA in college, you know, and we'd go through like training at the beginning of the year, and they they always taught us that if you smell like you know you're walking around the dorm just checking yeah. on people, you know, <laughs> that if you smell that if you smelled incense, that that was a a reason to knock on the door and see if people were smoking pot because they would cover it up with incense, right? Right. Why wouldn't they cover it up with large amounts of cologne? I don't think that would work. Didn't you go to a Catholic college? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, pot is everywhere. It's legal. And, uh, well, it wasn't then. Well, So actually, the, the two smells that we were taught to look for, or to smell for, uh, yeah. one was incense, and the other, if you want to smell, if you want to uh, cover up the smell of marijuana, is popcorn. What? Are we teaching kids bad things now? This show go off completely off the rails. No, I'm <laughs> telling you, that's what we were taught back in back in college, college. days. Yeah. Oh, because you were an RA. I was trying to bust people. Oh, yeah. It's I would land the smack down. <laughs> nice. Um, okay. Anyway, so that's incense. So it's it's a as a, as a means of worshiping. So they brought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, finally, the the great mm-hmm. mysterious myrrh. myrrh. Which what we accidentally got each other for Christmas. What Who knew? There? You, okay. When Jesus is being buried, which I really love that scene. You know, every time uh, I read it. Wait, I, we're talking about his birth and you're talking about uh, his death? Well, let's start the at the very yes. end. Okay. I really love that scene when the women are going to the tomb. And they're carrying the spices to anoint his body. Yep. Now, I always laugh about that when I read that. Because if you be- really believed Jesus when he said, 
the Son of Man will, will be crucified. He will die. And on the third day, he will rise again. If you really believe that as a disciple, why would you go to the tomb? Like, uh, it, I think they're just uh, yeah, yeah, covering, would, the, covering you, their bases. I know. I know. Oh, okay. I got it. Why would you go to the tomb? Did the women really believe it? Was it something naturally they did? Well, in that scene, we have the description of preparing Jesus' body. And what did they do? One of these things that was there was myrrh. Myrrh to anoint a body. Myrrh to perfume a body. Myrrh to prepare a a body um, like a a tonic sort of thing to to make make the aroma... Uh, for for the tomb, you know, in a way, beautiful, preparing yep. preparing preparing someone for death to meet God. You know, when Lazarus, <laughs> when Jesus comes to the tomb of Lazarus, and he he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, he says, "Roll away the stone," and they say, uh, "Lord, uh, it it'll be a stench. It'll be really really smelly." So we have That's that. It. So there it is, gold. Frankincense, these, myrrh. These three awesome gifts. Now, thinking of them theologically, what is the theological significance of all these? Gold, these three. Gold for the king. Yeah. Because he's. Incense, because he, he's God. Ooh. And myrrh, because he's going to die. Yeah, okay, now put yourself in the place of Mary and Joseph. And there you are. You're like, hey, Joseph, so what, what are we going to do tonight? Oh, well, same thing we do every night is just hang out and look. Raise our, trying to raise our kid here. Yeah. Who seems and then to be, seems to be doing everything three right. show up. Very strange. We drink kings of Oriana. Dressed, uh, you know, to, in, in tradition, you know, sort of dressed exotically, yeah. shall we say. Yeah, and they came up. They come up and they would say... Okay, here's some here's some gold, and, and, Joseph, and Joseph and Mary would say, "All right, uh, excellent. Wow. We, we know he's a king. We know because you know the angel told Mary, you will conceive and bear a son. You will name him Emmanuel, God with Altissimo. us.' Uh, yeah. Okay, and then here is some incense, and they would say, "Okay, good. Oh, oh he, okay, incense. Yes, uh, he that's kinda, good because he, he has smells, a smelly diaper. Smell, and we'll uh, and we'll take this to God and we'll offer it to God to our uh, son." Uh, to a, um, and a then the myrrh. myrrh. This is where it gets really weird. This is the the myrrh. Yeah, you get in there and you're and you're thinking, oh, so our son is going to die. Yeah, that's what myrrh is for. Our son is going to die now. And they they knew right. There's that the famous uh, Advent hymn, Mary. Did you know that your baby boy? Yes. The answer is yes. She knew. So stop singing, all right? <laughs> she knew. <laughs> Mary, did you know? Yes. End of song. It's over. All right. <laughs> so she knew that this was coming, but you know how much had she thought about that? How much had she, you know, how much had Mary and Joseph like looked really looked ahead to think like, wow, how much like how much he would suffer at the yeah. end? I don't. I know. I don't know. I don't know how much they would have thought about that or were they just like oh man this is we got a baby we got a you know where they kind of focused on the on the tasks of the day and not on what his future would hold over the next 33 years yeah or maybe they thought oh, well we'll use this before he will and yeah so that's epiphany 
It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful celebration. It's a continuation of Christmas that Jesus is is born, and that's awesome. Uh, but then in his in those early days, when, yeah. when they're still in still in Bethlehem, um, house of bread. Yeah. Uh, one just great a great image there. You know that that when Jesus was placed in the manger, uh, there are uh, depictions throughout history yeah. of that being. Not like, oh, let's we're having a baby. Let's build this thing that perfectly fits a baby. But rather, it was like a feeding trough. Yeah. Right? So they're in Bethlehem, house, house of, of bread, bread is what that means. Jesus, who would become... Bread. Bread. John chapter 6, bread from heaven. What is he placed in? In a feeding trough. Oh, Yeah. Mind. Take some time and chew Mind. on that one. Blow, chew on that, you people. Know, uh, let me get, uh, let me throw one last one last thing out. We, we're coming down to the end of this. Coming time. to the end. Here the, we go. The, at the at the Epiphany, there's this beautiful line. It says, "Herod tells them, come and tell me where he is." And at the end of it, it says, "And the king, the three kings, the three wise men left, and what did they do? They went home." By another, another way. Another way. Now, during the season of Christmas, you're hopefully encountering the Lord Jesus. You're getting to know him. You're Better preparing be. to meet him. When when he, Father O'Brien or the deacon says the mass has ended, go in peace, or go in peace, when you leave the Holy Eucharist, when you leave Holy Mass, when you've met this time when you leave this time of meeting Jesus, I want you to go back home by a different way. You're different. Like, you don't have to, it's not like you're going to go down country club or cut through a pasture or something like that. In all your actions and your desires and your intellect and your will, go back home, go back your way, new, differently, differently, changed for the better. Well, this is, uh, we got 2019 off to a rock and start, Father. We're doing it. We are doing it. We are back. We are back in the saddle in 2019. A blessed epiphany. Merry Christmas to all. And and to all. Have a great day. Awesome. God bless you all. God bless you too.